He is risen. And this is where you say, He is risen indeed. Well done if you did that. The Lord is risen indeed. Hallelujah. To Him be glory and dominion forever and ever. This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Uh, welcome to our online ministry. Uh, as you can tell, this has been prepared for Easter Sunday or Easter Day, the 17th of April, 2022. Uh, let's have a time of praise. the collect prayer for this Easter day. God our Father, by raising Christ your Son, you conquered the power of death and opened for us the way to eternal life. In our celebration today, raise us up 
and renew our lives by the Spirit that is within us. Grant this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. As we come to the ministry of God's Word, please take a moment to read Acts chapter 10, verses 34 to 43. Psalm 118, verses 14 to 24. And our preaching passage today comes from Luke's Gospel, chapter 24, verses 1 to 12. Uh, make sure you take some time now to read it out loud wherever you are, whomever you're with. Uh, read it out loud and uh, reflect on God's word and the wonder of the resurrection. Let me pray. Father God, we thank you that we can gather and remember and rejoice at the wonder of the resurrection. Uh, we pray that as we read your word, again we ask that you would show us the glory and wonder that is your son Jesus, the risen Jesus, and that you would lead us in the way of repentance and faith, that we grow in Christ, that you be glorified above all else. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. My family owns a black Labrador cross, and her name is Jetta. Uh, Playing fetch with a ball, though, is not her go. Uh, imagine tennis ball, I'll wave it in front of her, I'll even put it on her nose, I'll say fetch, and then I'll toss the ball, and what does the dog give me back? Vacant space. Like, she just looks at my hands, hoping for either food or a belly rub, a pat, and then she wonders... I can see it in her eyes why, she, why I'm not getting with the program. I'm like, seriously, dog, fetch. She thinks she knows better. That's what I've concluded. I've also concluded that she's obstinate, stubborn, willful, and dogged. Hey, she's dogged. The dog is dogged. I was pretty happy with that. Uh, her physical and emotional needs are met. So for this dog, nothing else matters. This has no purpose. It has no meaning in her world. Now, the same question might be asked uh, today, not about the tennis ball, but about the resurrection. What does the resurrection mean? Maybe the resurrection is of Jesus Christ is completely meaningless to you and that you've been hauled in today and put in front of this screen under sufferance and told to watch this. G'day, welcome, it's great to have you along. Uh, maybe that's you and you're like, I don't need this, my life's okay, I'm comfortable, I'm happy being um, not knowing. So, so why should this matter to me? But maybe you're open and maybe you're still wondering and willing to consider the claims of Jesus and consider what all of this means. 
Well, you are not alone because in Luke chapter 24, this is a passage full of wondering uh, here in this account. In verse 2, we meet women who are named in verse 10. And the women find a stone rolled away. It's out of place. In verse 3, they did not find the body of Jesus. They've turned up as soon as it was practicable and possible, verse 1. They've got burial spices, which is a clue to their expectation. He's dead for crying out loud. To a tomb that should be sealed and it should be guarded, but it's not. And so verse 4 They're left wondering, what does it all mean? What does it all mean? And of course, throughout history, in the year 2022, lots have wondered, did the disciples lie? Did they steal the body? (laughs) I hear those objections or those questions like, but... But to what end? Are you serious? Like, think about it. Why would you steal a corpse just so that you can be hunted down and killed, executed by the Roman Empire? Why would you do that to yourself? Or the Jews? It's all there in the book of Acts as they hunt down the Apostle Paul. Why would you do that? Unless, of course, it's true. But then, of course, you've got to invent this story about the resurrection, and who do you recruit as your star witnesses? Women. And that's, a, that's more than a bit odd if this is made up, because historically, back in the day, women had zero credibility. Sorry, but that's just how it was. Uh, there's a guy called Philo, or Philo, an ancient writer from the same time as Jesus, He's quoted as saying that that women were irrational and cannot be trusted. So verse 11, hello to my four sisters, uh, verse 11, in its ancient context, as the disciples get an account from these women, it kind of rings true, their disbelief, that what they're saying sounds like nonsense. And so don't miss the point If you think this is all a deception, a lie, it's not how you would do it. Not how any half-smart person would do it. Oh, and then you've got to keep the ruse going for 40 years or however long they lived. But keep wondering. I mean, if this is made up, where are the ancient stories that deny the resurrection? Where are they? Well, they don't exist. Why not? Do you know, fact, there's no traces of early Christians who denied the resurrection. Of all the things the early church argued about, the bodily resurrection of Jesus was not one of them. Uh, Early Christians believed in the resurrection of Jesus. But of course, as we keep wondering, as we remain open... Uh, There's that other classic idea that Jesus never actually died. Apparently, on the cross, he just fainted or he played dead (laughs) on the cross. I I know I'm laughing, but I mean, have a think about it. He's had a sleepless night. He's been beaten. That's left him exhausted. He was scourged. 
a punishment um, so horrendous, many people died even before they got to the crucifixion. He was so spent, Simon from Cyrene had to carry the cross. Um, and then when he's hung, his entire body weight hangs with nails on timber. Uh, and then a Roman executioner, who a guy who does this for a living, he declares Jesus dead, but just to make sure he's speared, in such a way that blood and water come out of his side, some suggest, are insistent, that, that means the heart sack was pierced. Uh, and, but then he's taken down, he's wrapped in linen, and presumably his airways are covered then for three days. And then he's got that same amount of time with no food, no water, no medical attention in a cold tomb carved out from rock, and he's supposed to survive that. Are you serious? Seriously? Or guess what? Jesus died. Then he's got to roll the stone away in this condition, right? And then he's got to take on the two Roman soldiers who stood guard. And then... He's got to convince his mates that he's resurrected <laughs> in this condition. Can you imagine it? Hey, lads, look at my new resurrection body. I mean, it's completely and utterly absurd. I mean, are they going to get on the phone? Someone call triple zero. I've got a dead man walking here. Seriously. No. Jesus died. Yeah, he was put in a tomb guarded by soldiers, and on day three, this tomb is now as empty as his cross is empty. He is risen. He is risen. Now, for that extra bit of clarity, we still wonder, don't we? We're still open, right? Stay with me. What about the intervention of God? What about at this momentous time, as these women try and grasp and wonder what has happened, what if God sends a revelation? That would be a God thing to do, I think. And, you know, here we see it in chapter 24. God gives them quite literally a bolt of lightning, if you like. See verse 4. While they're wondering about this, this is the empty tomb, Suddenly, two men in clothes, so they've got human appearance, but the clothes that gleam like lightning, gives you an indication there from somewhere else, uh, stand beside them. Uh, in their fright, that's a right response, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? Indeed. All right, just to be clear, these guys are angels from the heavenly realm. Uh, the clothing indicates purity and holiness, just like in Luke chapter 9. And notice, as we think about the prospect of wondering, the angels are now wondering, aren't they? Like, God, ladies, why do you look for the living among the dead? <laughs> See the heavenly realm now bewildered by the earthly realm. But it is positive, I want to say, though it is pointed. What are you doing here? I mean, if you're looking for Muhammad, sure. If you're looking for the first Buddhist, 
uh, Siddhartha Guatama. Sure, if you're looking for Karl Marx or Bertrand Russell, Bob Marley, John Lennon, you are, well, they're counted among the dead. But Jesus, you will not find him here. You will not find him here. And we need to see this is what sets Jesus apart from the rest. No other faith claims what Christianity claims, that Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. It's the assurance of all Christians that I know my Redeemer lives. And because he lives, we will also live. This angelic appearance, it's not what the women want but it is what they need. They're frightened, right? But it is typical of God. The angel appears at the beginning of Luke to Mary, and here are two. We got reinforcements for this bunch of women who again are named in verse 10. I've said that. Um, it's what... Um, now notice what they say next is, is very striking. Here we go, verse 6. Uh, what do they say? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. Okay, rub it in, why don't you? The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. And then they remembered his words. Do you see? They're actually, why are you wondering? Why, why is this a thing? What are you doing here? Why have you got spices of all things? What are you, where, what's going on? But notice what they say. There's nothing new here. There's nothing innovated. As the women get this re revelation from God, they're not, it's epic, but there's nothing new. They're on repeat. They're just repeating words that have been said before. Words from the lips of of Jesus. Jesus said this all along. That's really striking. What did Jesus say back in Luke chapter 9, verse 22? Guess what he said? He said this. The Son of Man must suffer many things, be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, the teachers of the law. He must be killed and on the third day raised to life. Luke 18, 32. He will be delivered over to the Gentiles. They'll mock him, insult him, spit on him. They'll flog him and kill him. And on the third day, guess what? He will rise again. It all happened just as Jesus said. Rejection, execution, resurrection. And so implication, if Jesus has said this before, repeatedly, why doesn't this make sense to you? The disciples and his followers, they, they know the words of Jesus. They've heard them, but see, they need to be reminded. And the world at large, we have the words of Jesus available to us. And what do you reckon? Do you reckon the world needs to be reminded as well? And as we think about the world's need to be reminded, you know what comes next, don't you? How about you? What are you doing with the words of Jesus? 
We believe God's word are the words of eternal life. What are you doing with that? Who are you reading this life-giving word with? What can we do when we are bewildered or afraid or buffeted by life? What do we do when life doesn't make sense? We can be reminded. We can come to God's word. We can get clarity on who we are before God. And we can get clarity on our need. We can encourage one another with the truth of his word and the wonder of the gospel. We constantly need reminding. We can remember that he is risen. See, think, if Jesus is risen, how much of life's angst is resolved by the knowledge and the wonder that Christ is risen? Jesus is alive. You could tell the person next to you right now, if you're there with somebody, give them a nudge, wake them up. Jesus is alive. And at the point of crisis here, at the point of despair and fear and distress, the angels are going to serve up what? Clear, biblical truth. <laughs> it's completely shocking, isn't it? But there it is. So be encouraged. Here's the next thing for you on this Easter Sunday. I want you to be grabbed by the word must. Huh? What word must? It's right there. Uh, verse 7, the Son of Man must. Uh, must means it's necessary. And this is where the focus is, I think. I mean, yes, yeah, he's risen. But remember, he must be delivered. He must suffer. He must die. He must be crucified. He must rise again, day three. See, think, in this picture, the angels, as they engage with the women, they're not saying, oh, it is so good you're here, girls, uh, to say goodbye, good for you, so that you can, now, you can now hold Jesus in your heart as a great example of humility. Good one, girls. That Jesus didn't die, just as an example. Let the word must shock you. He must die. He must die as a sacrifice. Are you catching this? Are you hearing the necessity? Again, these beautiful women, they're named in history, uh, which, again, I've said that three times now, if you read this back in the day, you could go look them up. You could. Here they are serving, paying honour, respect, they come to the tomb with spices to do the right thing, a beautiful act of service, but still he must. See, it's never enough. Whatever our standard, whatever we think our idea of good is, or our idea of good acts of service, 
Do you see it's still never enough? Whatever, you, whatever it is that you think it is, whatever measure you hold, Jesus must. He still must, such is even their sin, let alone the rest of us. The truth that Jesus must die means all of us are sinners. That we are too sinful. We are too lost. We are too guilty. So Jesus must die. There's the great lie. The great myth is that somehow there are good people that can be, might be good enough, that any good person who follows the example of Jesus and holds him in his heart will have done enough. Which really means that Jesus didn't really need to die. No, the angel quotes Jesus and says he must. He must die in our place. Jesus must die for me as me. But... For all of this to make sense, Jesus also must rise. Hallelujah for that. Because the resurrection means it's done. That sin is paid for. That wrath is turned aside. That forgiveness is assured. That the work of the Spirit now lives in me. New life is mine. And so remember, brothers and sisters, remember, Christ is risen from the dead. See what it means. That since he has come out of the grave, death is swallowed up in victory. It means that every follower of Christ can now look death square in the eyes, square in the face, and say, up yours death. Every Christian can now claim that wonderful truth, up yours death. Unless Jesus was wrong. Unless you think somehow you know better. You set the agenda. You know what's good for you. You do what you want to do. I mean, knowing better than Jesus, that must be an extraordinary thing. If that is you and you know better than Jesus, wow, that's just something else. But see the Christian experience. The Christian experience, we cry, where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The Christian experience is to rejoice that Christ the Lord is risen. And so let the prospect of the empty tomb energise us. May we run like Peter runs in verse 12. Let us be active like he's active. Let us be amazed. It says wonder there, maybe in your translation, quite literally, he's amazed. And let our amazement move us to action, to greater thinking, to, uh, to, to greater acts of devotion, because Jesus is risen. Jesus is risen. And one day we will all stand before him for an answer. And so here's your choice. You can be like my Labrador and be dogged. Or you can turn to Christ and live. Amen. Christ is here, Emmanuel, 
account of the resurrection Jesus is alive and we pray in Jesus name precisely because our King and Saviour is alive and so uh, please take some time uh, uh, in prayer 
There will be a blue screen in a moment that uh, offers some suggestions. Uh, Easter is an important time for us to think about our Christian witness in our community. So please, I invite you to be praying about that. Uh, please also think about our Christian witness throughout the world as we think about our missionaries, but also our brothers and sisters uh, that live as Christians in closed countries where persecution is rife and where just going to church Easter Sunday is dangerous. Uh, and so please, uh, in your prayers, commend our, bro our brothers and sisters in the persecuted church. Uh, commend them to our Lord Jesus. Uh, pray for missions, I've said that. Pray for your local church, I've said that too. Pray for one another, the sick, the lonely, the outcast. But most of all, give thanks. Give thanks to our Lord and Saviour that death has been kicked in the bum. Forgiveness is assured and we have the promise of new life now and in the future. God bless. Take you so